from reviews, Disney feature length films, show cartoons, we bought VHS tapes, every title we could, Disney is our business, business is good. Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. I'm Kevin. And this is Let's Get Down to Business. It's a Disney podcast. An unofficial, unaffiliated Disney podcast. I, I think they'd probably be pretty cool with it, yeah. honestly. We're pretty awesome. We're family friendly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're filling a niche. They're all about demographics. Right. Uh, we lied last week. We but that's lie. not really our fault. We were misinformed. Yeah. We were undecisive. We were going to do stuff in order, and then it was brought to our attention that... Josh. Yeah, that there was uh, a different movie Josh. that came before Dumbo, but after Fantasia. Yeah, the the list that I'm going off of is Wikipedia's Disney animated theatrical releases. Which is the gospel. I mean, you read shit on the internet, and it's true. Wikipedia's straight facts. Um, and it did not include the Reluctant Dragon because it's a hybrid movie. But going forward, some of the package movies, like Three Caballeros and some other Donald Duck one, mm-hmm. like those are hybrid movies, meaning yeah. they have animation and live action. And I felt like if we didn't include the hybrids, even though those ones are on the list, I don't know why, but like Reluctant Dragon's not and Mary Poppins isn't. And I feel yeah. like Mary Poppins is a classic and we we would kind of have to include it. I would think so, yeah. yeah. It's something you could play by ear, but definitely yeah. with, with some... Seeing this movie, it's a good thing that we watched it. Yeah, I I feel like it really added to my knowledge of Disney. Um, And then with our short this week being a Roger Rabbit short, I don't think Roger Rabbit was on the theatrical animated list because it's a hybrid as well. Yeah. And I feel like any reason to watch Roger Rabbit again is, yeah. Spoil it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I kind of feel like we always jump right into things because you don't waste any time. Well, it's the title of the goddamn podcast. We can't we can't mislead the people. You know, but but you know, you gotta chit chat a little. Yeah, and get people anticipating. Like in the know. Yeah. Like how so? Chit chat. How's your day, babe? How's it going? It's going fine. <laughs> it's Sunday. It's Sunday. <laughs> we haven't done anything all day. We no. got up at like noon. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were up late last night. We were watching a really good documentary. So, yeah. you're binging Netflixing. What is that? I think that's pretty much the hobby of 2018. So. Probably. For lame asses like us, definitely. Yeah, we don't go out much. <laughs> uh, let's get down to business. Let's do it. All right. Um, as we just said, we had a Roger Rabbit short, believe it or not. Um, Roger Rabbit was... Per- I mean, these animations were produced by Disney, I guess. Is that the right word? Produced? Created uh, by... Distri- I, would, distributed? I would think they're distributed, yeah. Yeah. Because it was, it was a... This was at the beginning of a Disney movie, a Disney live-action film yeah. with Reese Witherspoon. Wait, what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Which one? I can't remember what the hell the fucking title oh. was now. I, I figured that we would have oh. had this looked up beforehand, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at doing research. But it was. It was a live-action movie uh, starring a very young Reese Witherspoon, and I can't remember. I think it was Ethan Embry yeah, was yeah, the, yeah. the male lead. And it was about something in Africa. I don't know. Something about an endangered animal. Yes, probably uh, a lion or something like an that. An elephant. Yeah, but this, but this, this short, uh, even though that movie's not animated at all, uh, simply because it was a Disney movie, this was like the the bumper 
movie at the very beginning of that. I know they re-released this short too, um, either on VHS, but I know it premiered in front of like Brother Bear in Australia, which okay. is kind of odd to me. Uh, but this short came out in 1993. It was the third out of three Roger Rabbit shorts. I didn't know there was Roger Rabbit shorts at no, all. No, neither did I. Yeah. So there's three of them. We've never seen the other two. <laughs> we went straight to the third one. Maybe we will. I don't know. I don't know. Randomization. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I noticed about this is the animation was really clear mm-hmm. and clean. And looking it up, they used digital animation on this one because they were starting to use the cast. Back in 93. 93. Um, yeah, the animation compositing was done digitally using the CAP system, um, which I can tell you all about, but I will not bore you with those facts. Unless um, you really want us yeah, to. If you want, to, want me to talk about Rescuers Down Under and Xerography and all the history There's, of there's time for that. Uh, much, much later. Uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, Kevin, give us the rundown on Trail Mix-Up, a Roger Rabbit short. Yeah, uh, the first thing I noticed about this, aside from what Stephanie was saying about the cap system, is uh, the production value on this. You can tell. I mean, obviously it's 1993, uh, so it's 40 years newer than anything else as far as shorts go that we've reviewed. Um, but yeah, that's that was the first thing that really that really struck me. Because when did the original Roger Rabbit come out? Uh, I want to say it was in the very late 80s. 88. 88, yeah. yeah. I was one year old. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Trail Mix-Up, if you're familiar with Roger Rabbit at all, it's got and Roger... It should be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's got Roger Rabbit, uh, Baby Herman, and then uh, Mother, or Mommy. I can't remember what, what he called her. Big Mama, maybe. And they're going out of town, uh, out in the wilderness, much like the Goofy short that we just did last week. <laughs> and It's almost time for summer. We're just prepping. Yeah. We're just getting ready. So she tells Roger that she that he has to keep an eye on baby Herman because she is going to go hunting for what we don't really know. So she loads up her double barrel shotgun <laughs> and heads off and, and threatens him that if anything goes awry, that it's going to be rabbit it's gonna season. Be rabbit. It's going to be his ass. First, uh, one thing, though, is what was the name of the park? Like Yellowstain? Or? Yes, Yellowstain. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, one of, one of the things that this kind of reminded me of is that I love, like, I'm, I'm a total dude. I love slapstick humor. Like, it's, <laughs> you you will get the cheapest, easiest laughs, because I laugh at most everything anyway. Like, I have a pretty broad sense of humor, but slapstick and lowbrow humor will get me every single time. Well, and that's how I knew last week when we were watching the Goofy short, you didn't really laugh out loud very much. Yeah, if, I, like, if, I, if I, I'm not laughing at something, it's dog it's shit, because funny. I will laugh at almost <laughs> anything. I don't laugh out loud. I just grin and watch things <laughs> and then laugh quietly at little puns. Um, no, like the Yellowstone cracked me up. Mm-hmm. Um, the rabbit season, because that made me think of Looney Tunes, like a rabbit season. Yeah, that that. Throughout the entire thing, almost immediately, I, I got that vibe from it. And that, and that made me think, I was like, man, like I know we're a Disney podcast and everything like that, but just watching something like that, it really makes me think, fuck, I love Looney Tunes so much. Like We can always jump ship. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to be an asshole. Like, I'm, I'm going to respect you know people's preferences and everything like that. But I think that it, like just seeing this definitely gave me the uh, the feeling like man i think i think i'm a looney tunes guy it was it I was really do. very creative each problem each situation he encountered and there were a lot it like, was very very fast moving they were so creative um 
<laughs> like when he went into the sawmill mm-hmm. and he was about to go into the saw blade, I thought like, oh, he, something's going to happen where he dodges it quickly, but he goes into the sawmill. Yeah. He gets he gets, <laughs> he gets chopped up. up into like, I think, 10 different Roger Rabbits <laughs> little, or something, little, like, little tiny Rabbit. ones, and they're running around, and it wasn't gory or anything like that. No, but, but it was unexpected because, yeah. like I said, like you're expecting him to like at yeah. the last minute like get out of this jam, and instead like it does the opposite of what yeah. you think is going to happen. Or he gets happen. his head smashed, and it's like, you know, the size of a coin. Yeah. It's all skinny and, and wide, but oh. yeah, and and that's and that's all this is. It's just uh, baby Herman trying to go off and do his own thing, like you know, a like he does. Do. Yeah, exactly. And, and Roger just chasing him down and trying to prevent him from being killed the yeah. entire time. And that's. <laughs> and then you have Jessica Rabbit being all yeah, suggestive. It's so hilarious, like. <laughs> Like, I don't that, know. I'm, like I feel like it's it's already my it's already my spot to be like creepy cartoon guy. So like I can't talk about how hot the uh, the queen was in Snow White and the fairy was in Pinocchio and not give Jessica Rabbit her props. But I feel like it's kind of stock to do that because everybody loves Jessica Rabbit because she is essentially Christina Hendricks with Kathleen Turner's voice. Which if you know you think about it, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> You're such a dork. <laughs> um, I, what do I even say to that? I don't know. You, you I, just agree because I, I'm right. I just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, there is some some humor in there, especially in the beginning when Jessica Rabbit does show up. That I think would have definitely gone over some kids. Oh my head, god! Yeah, where he's trying to he's trying to a start fire. a fire really quickly with a a, with a, a bow in his hand, yeah, like moving back, and, and it's going back and forth <laughs> super fast while she's talking. <laughs> Um. Yeah, that's a good short. I enjoyed yeah. that one. And I, we and we got to see Mount Rushmore in here, uh, the fully formed and finished Mount Rushmore, which will come into play oh, yeah, later on that's with a good uh, connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like, five out of five stars. I don't know. It's a great short. Yeah, I was gonna say it was. It was excellent. And we're done here. Bye, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like it was only six minutes. I think pretty much like everything else we've watched thus far. Oh, minutes. well, there you go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it didn't drag at all. It moved very fast. Look it up on YouTube. It was, it was very funny. Like if you if you like Roger Rabbit or if you like Looney Tunes esque stuff, yeah. like you'll love it. It's, yeah. it's hilarious. No, it was a good one. I even I liked it a lot. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm not a slapsticky person. She I, is not at all. Oh. Like I've, I've always said, <laughs> not, and I don't think it's just me either. Like uh, most most women. Is this your Three Stooges compared? Yes. Oh my yes, God. absolutely. Like most women that I've ever met in my life, my mom, Stephanie, anybody, they hate. Like physical comedy, like the Three Stooges, or you know, stupid shit like the Workaholics. Like they hate, hate, hate it. But when you can get a laugh, well, I guess your man brain is just so small, and we're just we're just smarter. You're just so me. cerebral, know. you know. We just think about just things. Frontal cortex. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's great. It's so if you if you get a out. chance to check it out, check out Trail Mix Up online. Definitely. Um, so going into our first hybrid movie. Woo. Also, our first package movie because, in a way, it, it is a collection of shorts. Yeah, I think so. That's that's fair. Yeah. Um, so let's get down to business again. Oh, God, yes. Twice in this podcast. <laughs> There's so much business to get down to. <laughs> It'd be like a drinking game where someone's like, "Let's get down to business." You'll Shot. die. Don't do that. Shot. Please don't do that. Uh, every time I say um, <laughs> <laughs> or you hear me breathing. <laughs> Uh, our first one is Re- The Reluctant Dragon, which debuted in 1941. Um, ever since you looked at the runtime on Snow White, now I always check the runtime to see. Yeah, it's very noticeable. It's Weird, very right? Not so much in this one. No, 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 I don't think so. Um, this was an hour and 14 minutes, so not, not as much as whew, Fantasia. 
Yeah. Fantasia was the one that I was like, we were maybe 30 minutes in, and I'm like, how long is this? Is it over yet? Yeah, this, no. I mean, that's that, this is a really short run this, time, this and it went, felt, it was quick. It went by pretty quick, yeah. so it's not that bad. Um, the story comes to us from Kenneth Graham's book. I don't know the book exactly. I just know he wrote a book in The Relict and Dragon. Ish story was yeah. in it. Um, but he also wrote The Wind in the Willows, which at the time Disney had just bought the rights to, or acquired the rights to, and they were going to make uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad, which is from Wind in the Willows. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was the connection there. Um, the budget on this film, way below the other animated yeah. films they'd been making, obviously because it's not fully animated, this was $600,000. Just a lot of money in 1941. Yes. But yeah, compared to $2.2 million for Fantasia, like that's huge. Yeah. The thing was... It didn't make a lot of money. I mean, it made a lot of money, but compared to its budget, it made $400,000. Yeah. So $200,000 difference there. Yeah. Um, it wasn't doing so well. It's going to make it back in DVD sales. <laughs> <laughs> Blu-ray. Um, no, what was going on at the time was Snow White was such a huge hit, and that made them money, and it made them enough money to start this new studio in Burbank, which is where what they tour in Reluctant mm-hmm. Dragon. And Pinocchio... And Fantasia, although they were, um, like, hits with... Successful. Domestic hits, right? Yeah, they were domestic hits, but they were, like, hits with the critics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the problem was, is World War II was going on overseas. And shockingly, and, that puts a damper on things. Yeah, that was hurting their sales. So Disney was like, let's make this quick film. Hopefully it'll help us make some quick cash. It didn't work. So let's kind of look at The Reluctant Dragon, babe. Ooh, let's get it. Um, starts off with the Benchleys, Mr. and Mrs. Benchley. Oh, you looked up, what was the guy's Benchley? Robert Benchley? Robert Benchley. Mm -hmm. So he was like a comedian? He was a humorist, yeah. And I think a a journalist. Okay. Um, so Mr. and Mrs. Benchley, they're hanging out at the pool. She's reading him a children's storybook Mm -hmm. for some reason while he's hanging out in the pool. Um, and... I think think you have to describe that a little bit better. He's not just (laughs) hanging out in the pool... He is laying on a float, lay, laying on a float with a fucking uh, like a dart shotgun and like just shooting it onto little ducks, little rubber ducks across the pool. So like be, like he's five years like old. Like he's or a man child. Yeah, he's a man child, and his wife's a real nag. Yeah, um, <laughs> really playing up those 1940s stereotypes. 1930s life imitates yeah. art, baby. Uh, what, <laughs> babe? Ugh. Everyone's going to witness the downfall of our marriage through this podcast. <laughs> um, no, so she's reading him the story, and he's hanging out in the pool, and she's like, why don't we take this story to Walt Disney? Because why wouldn't you? I mean, why, it's just that easy. Yeah, it's that attainable. Um, so they head off to the Disney Studios, and <laughs> you get a tour of the Disney Studios. Yeah, and, that, and that's literally what this is. This yeah. movie is essentially... Just a straight tour of this Burbank Disney facility going through Which wasn't bad. everything. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. The One of the earlier renditions was Mr. Benchley, Robert Benchley, getting lost and falling asleep at the orchestra stage where Stokowski's like playing a Fantasia, mm-hmm. like, a, like another Fantasia song. And he wakes up and he's chased around by so campus wait, police. So wait, wait, wait. You're telling me somebody fell asleep in Fantasia? <laughs> yeah, that's some foresight. Back in the fucking 40s. Yeah. Uh, but no, this one, the whole plot is he's trying to pitch this story. So they get to the gate there, 
and he really doesn't want to do it, but his wife is like... Yeah, she's she's forcing him yeah. to do it. He's trying to do everything he can to get out of Which it. Which is funny, because when he's like, okay, let's go, and he, she leaves him there at the studio, she's like, oh, I have shopping to do. <laughs> and she just leaves him. Yeah. I really relate to that statement. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Kevin never wants to go shopping. <laughs> ever. Um, one thing that I, I thought was that Disney Campus is huge. Yeah. Gigantic. Even they said, then. They said 51 acres. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish we could own, like... Half an acre, one acre, maybe two at the most, but 51 acres. We're not a multi billion dollar fucking movie empire, true. so it's a little different. True. Um, Double yeah. true. He starts walking around. He has a tour guide who's very Nazi esque. See, I'm not, I, I'm not going to go that far because I don't know how people dressed back in those days. No, but it he could was just very, be like, like a scout esque type he, of uniform. Yeah, I get like that was like my first thought was like he's kind of a scout. Like he's got this uniform and he's very like rigid when he walks. Yeah, it's very like very, very tight know. pants or slacks but knowing, with a, a tucked in shirt. And he's got, it's because it's a khaki shirt that he's wearing. Well, you can't really tell because it's black and white. Yeah. Um, but there's like a And then patch. there's an armband. There's a patch or, or something armband. like that yeah. on his left arm. It's like, eh. But he's so like stern and serious about making sure he gets this mission done. And knowing that it was 1940, 1941, mm-hmm. I just felt like, oh, like this isn't a coincidence. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not on board with that. I mean, we're that, heading but... into Disney propaganda, so. <laughs> we'll get to that when we get there. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's not project on this. Anyway. I didn't like him. He was kind of a jerk. Well, I think He's that's the point. Chasing I don't, I don't think you're around. supposed to sympathize with the authority figure. I love authority figures, Kevin. I like to follow the rules. Uh, yeah. And this guy, I just didn't like him. I didn't like him. <laughs> didn't mesh well. Yeah. Um, so the first area that eventually walks into is the life model drawing because he sees this woman in a towel yeah. walking into this building. And, and he's trying to creep. Oh, like, he's God. looking in the windows. It's like, oh, fuck yeah, There's I'm going to get in there. There's a lot of yeah. in this yeah. <laughs> movie. Um, you, you could pretty pretty well glean what kind of humor Peter, or, uh, Robert Benchley is rolling out with. So he asks this guy, like, what's going on in there? And he's like, oh, it's a life model drawing. You want to pass? And he's like, sure. You want to check her out? He's yeah. like, oh, absolutely. So he rolls on in there. And you can hear the teacher talking and telling the, the artist to, like, really accentuate the, the curves. curves and the pelvis or blah, blah, blah. And the reveal is that they're not drawing a woman. They're drawing a giant elephant. <laughs> what for, though? For Dumbo. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's our huh. next movie. <laughs> not lying to you this time. Uh, so they're drawing this elephant. And Disney's like, how can we... Not Disney. Eventually. No. Disney oh, okay. Animation Studios Corporation, whatever. It's yeah. like, how can we slip some fucking racist stereotypes in here? And one of the artists that's drawing this elephant is Chinese. And the <laughs> elephant she's drawing is also a Chinese elephant. The and she has this the like, Chinese accent. It's so awkward to watch. This was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, luckily it was only momentary. Eventually, like mansplaining about elephants, which is awesome, by the way. I highly recommend <laughs> about it. how stupid they are. And then there's this comment in passing that he says where he's like, "Yeah, they have tails on both ends. That's why they don't get any." Yeah. And I was like, "What?" That Think doesn't... about it. Are you serious right now? I don't know. I didn't get it. <sighs> Babe, explain. No, he go go on. Well, explain when the children aren't listening. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, so they move on from the drawing. Don't have a tail on both ends. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Just go. At what? Just go. 
they move on to the symphony where they're recording music, and you have the the chicken lady who's like, bark, 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 bark. Oh, it's so bad. It's so annoying. It's so obnoxious, uh, and it goes on for a for while. For a long time. So she is actually Clara Cluck, yep. which is a cartoon character. Yep. And then the Donald Duck guy comes in. Yeah, he just rolls up. And it's just the two of them singing and, like, clucking and Donald Duck, like, I don't even Voice, know. Voice, yeah. Weird sound effect. Oh, my God. It's- so they teach Robert Benchley how to do Donald Duck or how to cluck. And- yeah. It goes on for too long. Yeah, it's very long. So then eventually we move off to the sound effects room where he hears a train whistle and there's this lady showing him like, oh, it's a train whistle. To which he says to this young, attractive lady, <laughs> surely imp- you've improved the look of them since I was a boy. Yeah. Oh, God. So... Robert Benchley's a hustler, guys. Yeah, I mean, his his wife went shopping, and he's, you know, when the cat's away... Yeah, say, when, <laughs> when the wife's away, the boys are going to play, all right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I did think that part of the movie was really cool, though, to see how they created all those sound effects. No, I would say that, like I said, I, I, I didn't know going into this movie that it was... Like, this was the tone. It was essentially just a tour guide mm-hmm. throughout the studios. And it was really cool to learn about all this stuff. Like, especially this part. And then uh, there are a couple coming up yeah. that are really, really cool. But they were making the, the sound effects for Casey Jr., which is the train in Dumbo. Because I think it was its own, or was going to be its own short. But mm-hmm. then they put that into Dumbo. Isn't that so weird? It just <laughs> seems so out of place. Like, What's that? That it's this living fucking train in Dumbo. You know? I've like, been thinking about that since we've... We're going to watch Dumbo, yeah. but we had to wait a week. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about that okay. scene for some reason. I yeah. don't know. but it, And we'll it, get back into it when off, we actually watch it's it. It's off putting, but, but <laughs> it's out of place. Yeah. But no, like it was just neat to see all the different tools that they use, the different materials that can make these different sounds. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, like the storm, like how they made the storm look. And I don't know why those people had crazy, creepy clown masks as they were doing the storm, though. Did you catch that? Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't think they were like creepy clown masks. I thought they were just uh, things to cover their head. Oh, maybe maybe for maybe for noise. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But they were creepy, like yeah. serial killer in your window. Creepy. Well, who the fuck wants to do sound effects? Mm-hmm. Seriously, if it pays money, I don't I know. Guess. <laughs> um, so we move on from sound effects into maquettes or maquettes. I think. Um, so they're the sculptures that they make for the models for the characters in the movies. Um. There's Super cool. Kind of Easter eggy type things going on in there because if you look closely, mm-hmm. there's maquettes of um, Ant the the creed the mean ant from oh what's it called Lady and the Tramp yep and Cyan Am which are the cats not racist at all <laughs> um, if you please <laughs> um, there's. Others from upcoming movies like like Peter Pan, because mm-hmm. um, some people were like, "How they've been Spoiler, they've asshole. been working on these for like fifteen years? No, they just got pushed back because of the war. So all these movies were mm-hmm. already being planned and." Uh, so see, they've been doing this shit for like you know almost a hundred years now. <laughs> right. But it was really cool to see like they have these references that are three D, so that when the animators are drawing them, they're all consistent. Yeah, and, and you just, can get it from any perspective. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Sweet. I mean, they have these plans down like it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. They've thought the whole process through. I mean, they're professionals. This is their job. So, meh. Um, he ends up getting a Mac Mac. For some reason, I can't maquette. say maquette, maquette. I keep wanting to say mock-up. That's why he gets a sculpture of himself, <laughs> his his bust, like exaggerated, all cartoony, 
Um, one thing that I learned is that they actually filmed her destroying it. Yeah, the clay. But then re- reversed it so that it looked like she was making it on the spot. Yeah. And another fact about that is your boy Chuck Jones. You know who that is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Owns. Looney- Chuck Owns. Looney Tunes. Yep. Um, he actually has the bust from that movie. Mm-hmm. He like I don't know if he bought it or as an auction, like what he was, but there's like a documentary of Chuck Jones' office, mm-hmm. and it's like sitting in his office. So I just thought that was cool. Um, we move on to the storyboard department, which is my favorite. <laughs> oh my god, I just, I want to be a storyboard artist so bad. Life decisions. <laughs> um, they're showing the artists are drawing a baby that's in the studio. Um, they take the baby away because they said he needs a break every 15 minutes, child labor. <laughs> and they show eventually some storyboards for a story called Baby Weems. What do you think, babe? What do you think of Baby Weems? Of Baby Weems? Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was okay. It was, very, it was pretty long. <laughs> really? I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was kind of long. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a cool idea. But uh, I don't know. no, I thought the story was really great. I love seeing animatics because, mm-hmm. like I said, I like I love storyboarding. Like if I could do my life all over again and still keep you in it, I'd be a storyboard <laughs> artist. Um, but going to art school in California is like a hundred grand, Fuck and that. Kevin doesn't like debt. So. Fuck your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> We're just simple-minded Midwest people <laughs> with very minimal dreams. You want like a half acre of land, maybe three at the most. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they go through the start, the animatics, and it starts to become more animated, and it's the story of Baby Weems. Um, I don't know, I just, I really liked the story, I liked... What was the story about? The babe? story... I'm like half a glass of vodka in, so... <laughs> what? Okay. I've been drinking no. for like the past hour. But... It's not even that bad, you guys. No, the story is essentially about, uh, Baby Weems is born... And I can't remember exactly how it happens, but, but he, he, talk. he talks. He talks. Yeah, he talks to the nurse uh, when he's in the incubator. Like fluently talking. Yeah, fluently talking to her. And he gathers all this knowledge very fast, and he becomes like a scholar. He's instantly famous. He's that, still yeah, an infant. Yeah, that, that people look to for... His poor mom and dad don't even get to hold him because people yeah. just rush him into the press and media right away, and he... You know, is telling Einstein that his... Theory of relativity is bullshit. Yeah, so he becomes super smart. What happens is, though, is he ends up getting a fever and is mm-hmm. hospitalized. And the world is just holding on and wondering... What's, what's going to happen to Baby Weems? Um, and it turns out that he does recover... But he loses his ability to talk. He loses all his intelligence. It's not yeah. worth it. It's not worth it, boys. Yeah. There's like a moral or something in there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he goes back to his parents, and that's pretty much the end of the story. It was just cute. Okay. It was cute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I very much enjoyed it, babe. Um, so you move on from storyboards into the animation office. Mm-hmm. There's like only one animator desk in there. Um, there's this cool little bulletin board that has a gallery of old masters, and it's basically Donald Duck put into old famous paintings. It's awesome. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Uh, they show the animator that's working on a goofy short, and then we have our next, uh, short in this film, which is How to Ride a Horse, Mm -hmm. which is the goofy that I wanted. The goofy that we know and love, yeah. Not the goofy from Father's Lion. (laughs) 
which sucked. <laughs> um, no, goofy, goofy. He doesn't speak at all in this one. Mm. What's funny is they had the voice actor come in and narrate how to ride a horse, like like a very instructional, like very straight. serious. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he was very surprised when he saw the animation because he didn't know it was going to be like a funny cartoon. Right. So it's probably a guess. Oh. Um, I, I always like those goofy shorts, the how tos. Mm-hmm. I think they're funny. Um, so like I said, slapstick. Yeah, slapsticky. <laughs> then you have a guy who is barking and growling into a mirror because he's trying to animate Pluto. Um, other things I always wanted to be in my life, an animator, because apparently when I draw faces, people say I do weird things with my face. <laughs> They're like, do you know your tongue sticks out when you draw? Oh, no. That shit happens. It's like, uh, who was it? Was it Michael Jordan that does weird faces when he's concentrating? No, he sticks, he sticks his tongue out. Yeah, yeah. That's what someone said to me. Tiger Woods just looks like a jackass. You know, the more we talk about this movie, the more I'm just like, I really missed an opportunity in life, <laughs> Kevin. I don't know, maybe we, if, I'm, I'm still young, like 31, yeah. if we divorce, there's, I there's, still have there's time. There's still time. There's still time. Move out to California? Start a new career? Yeah. Finally. Finally. We finally. Get, we get to Walt. <laughs> Walt Disney in the screening room. And Benji's like, here, hold on to this and this and this. And he gives them these drawings animators have given him. Yeah, everything that he's collected yeah. throughout the tour. Including a very creepy, exotic uh, horse woman sculpture from the my cat room. Um, and then he's like, I have a story for you. And as he's trying to start telling him, a movie starts. And they all start watching it. And it happens to be The Reluctant Dragon, which is oh. the story that Benji wanted to pitch to him the whole time. So... So what he gets for kind of waiting around and dragging his feet. Mm-hmm. Ha, ha, ha. What? Dragging uh, his feet. <laughs> Come on. God damn it. I planned that. Yeah. So we have the reluctant dragon. This story, mm, it reminded me of like Sword in the Stone. Mm-hmm. It was very bland. Like the animation was bland. There was nothing that really stood out and was like, this is Disney style. Yeah. Uh, and even the characterization, like the uh, the dragon personality-wise, I didn't I didn't find very interesting. What's the word? Was it effeminate? Is that the word? Yeah, probably. He's like a very effeminate dragon um, into like poetry and playing the flute, and he does this weird thing with his hands, and I felt it was just okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's a dragon. He can do whatever he wants. Boys can play the flute if they want. They can do poetry. They can have picnics. I'm not trying to say they can't. I'm just saying... In the for, 40s, you could For Disney to characterize him like that, it just seemed weird. We've got a war to fight. Yeah. We can't be <laughs> taking picnics. I don't know. Um, it just came off like, oh, he's kind of a sissy. Yeah. I guess uh, basically I, what I'm no, I would, I would say that that's more like less of a, a male thing, but more of a, a dragon thing. Like, you you assume, and they assume in the story as well, that this dragon is supposed to be imposing. It's a scourge to the countryside. You know, it's kidnapping women and breathing fire all over everything. And this this one doesn't I'm do any saying, of that. I'm it's a metaphor and there's layers. And if, if we have seen anything <laughs> from these Disney movies thus far, there is very little subtlety or layers to any of this. Uh, Pinocchio has Don't, a, Well, yeah, Pinocchio, I'm not going to dog Pinocchio. Pinocchio has a lot of morals, Yeah, Kevin. yeah it does. But 
it's very surface level, like yeah. Snow White. Like I, and I think this is the same thing. Like, just, if they're gonna say something, they're gonna say it they, with Chinese eyes and a oh shitty accent. Like, they just laid it on really thick. Like he has a certain way of talking. Yeah. in his voice, he. Like I said, it's just he, it's they were saying of, he's he's not a dragon. Yeah. That's what they were trying to to put okay. forward. Um, this boy really wants him to fight and be a dragon and get dead. Apparently, he's like, "Come on, you need to fight." And, so he, this this boy that's trying to get this fight between the dragon and the knight, and he's really trying to set this all up between the two of them, goes and finds Sir Giles, Woo. which is just this old knight guy. <laughs> I don't even know. It's a dragon killer. He's a dragon killer. Um, turns out Sir, Sir, Giles, Sir Giles also likes to recite poetry and have picnics. He does. Yeah. Um, so they know that the townspeople really want to fight. Between the two of them, people are making bets and whatnot. So, um, at one point, they called the dragon a punk poet, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, Sir Giles and Dragon decide to, to stage a fight, and the dragon learns how to breathe fire, and there's smoke, so inside the smoke, they fight and make noises and whatnot, but really, they're dancing and having tea parties. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I don't know. It was okay. Yeah. And it, he he makes it look like he's defeated the dragon. Uh, after it's defeated, the show it's actually been killed. And he just makes a promise to the town. Now. Yeah, that the dragon's essentially going to reform. So then the dragon gets along with everybody in the town, like a protector or something like that. Mm-hmm. And everybody lives happily ever after. The end. Yeah, and that's pretty much the end of the movie because after uh, that you don't see Walt again. Well, you and, do. And, oh, do you? Yeah. Well, I, thought, I thought that Robert just goes off with his wife. Oh, yeah, they're like in driving, the car. I don't think you see Walt Disney again. And then his wife's being an egg, and then Benchley, Mr. Benchley, like, says something to her. And yeah, something about to the moon. Donald Duck voice or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So this movie, like I said, it didn't make a lot of money compared to even the budget. Um, critics liked it. Mm-hmm. Regular moviegoers did not. Well, if you were going to a movie theater to see this, I would imagine you'd probably be pretty disappointed. They this were. is this is something that you would want to see at Walt Disney World, uh, in lieu yes. of going on actual tours. Yes. So people were something going, to keep your kids mildly entertained. It but had the yeah, it had the Disney name on it. They thought they were going to see a, a full length animated yep. movie. Instead, they got this. Well, especially since when you're looking at the cover of it, the Reluctant Dragon, you're seeing the you know the animated dragon and then uh, baby. Like weems. weems. Yeah. Yeah, on the poster. And when, you know, it's primarily a live-action film. Mm-hmm. You don't see Robert Benchley at all yeah. on the poster. So it it wasn't... Like I said, the critics liked it, but the it wasn't... It was kind of a misdirect. Yeah. The, yeah, a bait switch. Regular moviegoers didn't receive it as well as they mm. thought they would. Um, I have some information, some quotes here. <laughs> I did my research this uh, time. Unlike Fantasia, where I was like, fuck this movie. Bleh, bleh. Um, there was a Disney story man named Otto Englander who said that this movie doesn't fall into any groove. That's why it's so hard. That's why people didn't like it. There was I think m- it does fall into a groove pretty easily, yeah. though. It's like an informational documentary. I know, like, like when they were making it, Disney was really worried about it being presented as, like, just informational, and he also didn't want it to be a cheap comedy. See, so. it's one of those things where if you uh, try and spread yourself too thin, mm-hmm. you're not doing any one thing super well. Yeah. So you, He just didn't like, want it's it to not be too be... technical, and then he didn't want it to be too, like, it's just a short and then comedy. And then it just ends up being bland, Yeah. in my opinion, when you do that. What's funny to me is 
when they first started making this, like obviously they're an animation studio because they were doing live action video. Some of the employees ruined some of the work from the first day because they were all pressed up against the windows wondering what was going on. (laughs) Nice. So that kind of ruined some of the film there. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a strike going on at this time as well with the Disney animators. A lot of the animators, or I think most of the animators shown in the film, were actually actors mm-hmm. hired to portray animators, just like in Fantasia. It was yeah. like It was not, actually not musicians, not it was Disney employees. Yeah, orchestra, yeah. orchestra members. Um, yeah, so, you know, the animators in this movie are all happy, and they're a family, <laughs> but they're actors. Um, because there was a strike going on, the movie was released mid-strike, Strikers were picketing the film. They were going to premieres of this film dressed as dragons. One guy had a dragon costume that said The Reluctant Disney on it. (laughs) Basically, they were pissed because unfair business practices. They weren't being paid very well. Um, Shocker, guys. They weren't getting a lot of recognition, and there was a lot of favoritism. From what I had read, the new Burbank Studios had, like, a spa and Mm -hmm. a gym, and only, like, the highest-level animators could use it. Like, the lower-level employees couldn't. So, lots of favoritism going on there. Um, But, yeah, like, people were kind of pissed about (laughs) what was going on. And I, I think that probably affected the movie as well. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I wrote down here, <laughs> so the Hayes office was the like the Motion Pictures Association back mm-hmm. then with yep. like morality code and whatnot. Oh God! They made them redraw the dragon because originally he had a belly button, he had a navel, and that had and that's a big deal. Morals, babe. God, it had to be removed. <laughs> and then the other fact I have factoid, a little fact. Um, it was the first full-length featured Disney movie where voice actors were credited. Oh, that's pretty nice. That's nice of them. And something I, I think you didn't uh, mention as well, uh, Robert Benchley had a grandson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, Peter Benchley, and he is the guy who wrote Jaws. The book Jaws. The book Jaws, yes. Although he did have a cameo in the movie. Mm-hmm. So that was, oh, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as well, before I forget, before we go, <laughs> uh, I, I did my limited research on Robert Benchley and found that he actually died four years after this movie was made. I think he was in his mid-50s, maybe, of cirrhosis of the liver because he was a huge drinker. I love that. Like I'm looking up facts about Disney and the movie, and you're like... Robert Benchley was an alcoholic. No, I, didn't, I wasn't looking up that he was an alcoholic. That was no. just what was on his biography. Now that we've recapped it, what did you think of it? Did you like it? Uh, if I, I would probably put it uh, fourth among. Fourth? The, I would put it behind Fantasia because really? because uh, even though I didn't like Fantasia Ooh, my overall, too. well, exactly even. Um, <laughs> No, like I, I think, like I said, you have to you have to take everything into context. And with Fantasia, there was so many you know groundbreaking things that they did with that movie, and and there were a couple of the the segments that I liked a decent amount. In Fantasia. In Fantasia, uh, and with this, like I said, I, I felt like it's one of those things where they were trying to do two different things decently rather than excelling at one thing. And it, it kind of turned it into like a, a pretty bland experience. I really enjoyed the informational aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And if it was more of that and honestly less of Robert Benchley, I would have been totally fine with that. Because to be honest, 
I didn't like him very much. Yeah, and I and I don't mean that well, from like he a, is a misogynistic from a, well, no, and douchebag. It's not even that. Like like I said, when when the movie started, he just seemed like a man child, and uh, like I didn't really, I wasn't really, oaf. I wasn't really jiving with his humor, yeah. really, and I don't know, I just I just didn't like him. So the fact the movie was kind of centered around him, and then you know I wasn't huge on on Baby Weems. It was it was pretty good. And and the same thing with the the, reluct, the reluctant dragon. Mm-hmm. So when you put that all together, I thought there there wasn't enough to elevate this movie to actually put it above something else. Because while I liked the informational stuff, I didn't like that more than the stuff that I liked in Fantasia. Well, babe, what's up? Five years of marriage was a good run. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess. You know, I thought it, we would at least get to like ten movies before our top ten list. Was different. I was going to deviate. Yeah. Well, no, I think that, I think that's a good thing because before I ask you like what you thought and to go into it, like I would much rather uh, we actually disagree on something yes. every, every now and again just to kind of keep it interesting because I don't want us to just co-sign. We every, love every, all Disney yeah, movies. Yeah, we, we, lo- we, we love them all, and we think the same things, and everything's amazing. Kevin and I really do have different tastes in movies. Very different, yeah. and that's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. Although I would say that my movie taste has elevated since we've been together. Well, that's only because you hadn't seen too many movies before I know, we got together. I know, but like, 2007, when we started dating, it was like all these like huge... She had not seen anything, you guys. I'm not even kidding right now. And I'm, I, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I hadn't even seen Jaws like, until... Any, until any of my friends or people that know me, like, I'm not really a cinephile, but I've seen a lot but of movies. But you and I, like, we do have that reputation among some of our families being, like, movie snobs. Oh, I'm absolutely snobby. I'm a pretentious fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't go that far. I, I know my shit when it comes to animated movies mm-hmm. or animation, but um, I just, I always think back to, like, 2007 when we started dating. It was, like, There Will Be Blood and Old Country for No Men. Like, all these, <laughs> no like... No Country for Old Men. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Vodka. <laughs> uh, there were no men in it by the end, but... <laughs> yeah. But no, like, like I started seeing better movies uh-huh. when I was with you. Not that I liked like shitty movies. Like I'm not gonna go see a fucking. You, you didn't go out of your way to see movies. Yeah, I saw a lot of chick flicks. Yeah, and, you know. But I feel like I I have better taste in movies now. Sometimes you see movies and I'm like I don't really get it or like it. Like you know. Yeah. Uh, there will be blood. I still don't understand why you love that movie so much. Well, anyway. What did you think of the movie, and why did you actually like it more than Fantasia? I loved it. I fucking okay. like, despite the misogyny and the racial stereotyping. I See that shit? I didn't. It. I didn't even really care about that much. It's just it was it was just very bland. Uh, it's 2018. SJW, get with it, baby. Okay, I guess. Anyway, no. Um, I well, it's because since I was like three, four years old, I wanted to be a Walt Disney animator. Like that was my dream. Until I realized how much it cost to go to <laughs> art school in California. And college was never really an option for my family. Um, no, I just... It made me relive that feeling of like, wow, like this is so cool. And mm. this is the studio. And to see everything happening... Um, I know like back then women weren't allowed to be animators. That was like the men's job. And the women had to work in the paint department. Oh, but is that just, different now? Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. Weird. There's really... Yeah. <laughs> oh, such a dick. Oh, speaking of misogyny, um, no, I just, I loved it. I love seeing behind the scenes. Because I'm such an animation buff to begin with, to hear all of that history and to actually see and tour the studios to me was really exciting. Um, I know when I was in college, I took an animation history class. So even that was like 
fantastic. I don't know. Like it's, it's just something that really interests me. I did like Baby Weems a lot. Mm. It reminded me of there's a short called Gerald McBoing Boing, which I think <laughs> is a UPA short, which isn't Disney. It isn't uh, Looney Tunes. It's its own company. Um, so it reminded me a lot of that, and I loved it. I just thought it was super cute. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I did like the Goofy short. I did not like the Reluctant Dragon itself. Yeah, like, like the yeah. short. Like I said, it was very bland. It was very like it could have come from any studio. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything signature Disney about it. But overall, I I really liked it, and I think I would put it third. Um, so maybe, maybe so even, Snow White number one, maybe, right? Maybe even second. No, maybe even second because I think really? I would do Pinocchio, the Reluctant Dragon, Snow White, and then Fantasia. Okay. Yeah, because Snow White is. I know it's the first, and it's, like, groundbreaking. That's so important, had, so. It is, it is, but. And it's not bad, it's not bad, bad. Like, no, it's just not, I don't know, I, I always judge things on whether, like, how it impacts my life. Like, how, like, do, much does it change me, or how much it affects me. Mm-hmm. And this just had so much of what I wanted to be when I was a kid. Oh, for sure. It resonates. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Snow White, it's just some bitch getting lost in the woods and... Getting with a bunch of short dudes. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, you know. And a guy whisks her away. So... <laughs> and Fantasia was just really boring to me. And that might be like the whole like me being a millennial and having technology and ADHD. But Probably. I don't know. Like, I did end up, after we watched Fantasia this past week, I was researching the artist uh, that inspired that first song. Um, Fleischer. Not Fleischer, no. Come on, babe. Fishinger. Fleischer was a different animation studio. Um, So, Fishinger inspired that, is it Takata de Fugue? I don't know. Come on, babe. You're the smart one. Um, you remember things. Uh-huh. Yeah, he he inspired that very first movement in Fantasia, and he had this very abstract way of making art, and he was very interested in art and sound together. Mm-hmm. He had, the other day when I was looking on YouTube and you're looking over my shoulder, that, um, that sound poem yeah. or whatever. Yep. Yeah. So I thought, like, the more I read about that, it was really interesting, and I really appreciate that for what it is. Mm-hmm. But overall, Fantasia was like, it was such a, like we talked about, it was just a chore. It was a slog. Yeah, it yeah, was hard to sure. get through. So this one... You know, some of it was kind of quippy and funny, and I do think Benchley is an asshole. Like, he's just a misogynist, and it's part of it is the time period. I don't think that's an excuse, but it is what it is. But I I would definitely put this higher than Fantasia. Fair enough. So, just (laughs) different strokes. Yeah, so... Yeah, and so next week, you guys, we will actually watch Dumbo for realsies. That's that's for real going to happen this time. We're not going to. There's nothing between it now. For realsies, Dumbo. Our short is going to be Mickey's delayed date. So this will be our first Mickey short. Ooh, yeah. What we um, gonna do? I know it's exciting. We're get, we're getting you know the mascot of Disney. So <laughs> um, this wraps up. Wow, this is our fourth episode. Know, right? We've stuck to it. I don't follow through with anything. I get hyper focused and then I focus it fizzles on out. it fizzles out and then I have a different interest. Yeah, and, tell, tell us if you've been there before, people. Yeah. So <laughs> I've kept with this, babe. Are you proud of me? Yeah, nice job. Yeah, thanks for doing this with me. <laughs> so sweet. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. And make sure um, to tell all your limited amounts of friends because, you know, Hi, if, if you're super into Disney, 
You probably don't have very many friends. Hi, Mom. Hi, Josh. Hi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and our other handful. We count them on one hand, our listeners. Um, yeah, that took care of business. Mm-hmm. I think so. Kevin, wrap it up. With what? Whatever you need to say. Well, <laughs> well I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And this is uh, Let's Get Down to Business. Where Disney is our business. And business is good. <laughs> Bye, See you guys. guys.